and read what we've got. And we're going to read it and talk about what Jesus was uh, dealing with in that particular portion of Scripture. So if you'll turn to that chapter, Luke 7, we'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to open your eternal word, find the truths that you want us to have, and draw strength from it for all spiritual guidance that will help us to be more the people you want us to be. Sanctify us in a greater way, Lord. If there's anything in our life we need to get rid of, please impress it on our hearts and minds to get rid of it and stay steady and true for you as your child in this world. So bless this time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm going to read this portion of Scripture. It's a little bit long. But you can stay with me, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And as I read it, you're going to pick up what Jesus was facing here, starting in verse number 36 of Luke, the seventh chapter. I'm going to read through to the end of this particular chapter. And one of the Pharisees desired him, and that him is Jesus. Now, I want to also point out here, I don't know where this Pharisee lived. I don't think it was in Jerusalem because the context leading up to this was not in Jerusalem. And so, um, but he did have a house, and he did want to have Jesus over for dinner. So this is where it's going to take place. So one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, not at McDonald's, at his house. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at the feet of him, weeping. That him, again, is Jesus and began to wash his feet, Jesus' feet, with her tears, did wipe them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, that's Jesus' feet, and anointed them with ointment. Oh, pretty cool. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, that's Jesus, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him. She is a sinner. Sounds a little bit judgmental to me. All right. Anyway, Jesus picked up on it. And it verse 40, and Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, that's the Pharisee's name. I have somewhat to say to thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? And Simon answered, I suppose that he whom had forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast judged, thou hast rightly 
judged. And he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Seest thou this woman? Of course he's seen her. He upset the whole dinner party. I entered in thy house. Thou gave me no water for my feet, but she's washed my feet with her tears, wiped them with the hair of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. And my head with oil, thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves, loveth little. And he said to her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Now as I read this portion of scripture in the life of Jesus Christ, there are a lot of things in this that really caught my eye. Amen? Jesus was a person that made himself accessible to people. Amen. He didn't even run the little children off that all the disciples tried to run off. He said, no, no, bring them in. Come on in. You want, you want a piece of my uh, touch? You want to be around me? Yeah. Well, I want to be kind of a person like that. I'd like to be a kind of guy that wherever I go, everybody wants to not shun me or not even trample on me to get to me. I just want to mix in and be a part of the crowd, if you would. And if anybody needs anything, guess what? I want to be available to help them. Amen. That's just the kind of guy I want to be. Amen. But in his day, Jesus Christ made himself accessible or available to the people around him. Did they have a lot of needs? You better say I reckon. Because, man, they were in dire straits. In fact, that was, when I look at this, I see God was there in the flesh of Jesus. Who doesn't want to be closer to God? Especially when you've got a need. Amen? And we also know that Jesus was a man in the flesh. Amen? It seems to me that glorifying his spiritual father was the underlying motive for a lot of the miracles that Jesus took part in uh, when he was performing miracles on the sick, on the diseased, on the cripple, on the blind, on the lepers, yes, and even the dead. He raised them from the dead sometimes. Yeah, that's the kind of guy I'd like to be, have around at my party. That's the kind of guy I'd like to have pretty close to me when things are not going the way I think they should be going. Well, many times Jesus said to the one that he performed a miracle on, don't tell anybody about this. Amen. Because it, it would, most of the time, get him in trouble. Amen. 
He, killed, he healed lepers. You know what he said? Don't say nothing to nobody. Go straight to the temple and show the high priest. Because he's the only one that can give you a release from that leprosy and allow you back in the community. You could go back to a normal life. Amen. You try to do it without that release, people still going to keep you as a leopard at arm's distance because they're going to think, oh, it was a temporary something. And until you get that release from the priest, you're not ready to even say that you've even been healed. Although they knew they were. There was even the blind man. Jesus told him, spit on the ground, put mud on his eyes, said, go wash. Now the man was blind. He didn't know who. Spit, mud, nothing else. All he knew was when he washed, he could see. Man, was he happy about that? Yeah, he went bouncing through the temple. Amen. Jumping up and down and carrying all kinds of problems into the temple. And they asked him, what are you doing? We're trying to have a prayer meeting. Settle down. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I can see. Man, uh, you was probably faking that you was blind. Well, let's find out. Call his mom and dad in. Yep, that's our son. Yep, he's been blind all these years. How he sees now, I don't know. And ask him, who healed you? I don't know. He just told me to go wash, and I did, and now I see. Well, praise the Lord. Jesus didn't want the spotlight on him just for the miracles. He wanted the spotlight on him for the glory of God. Amen? There's a difference. Every case that the person was healed was either so excited about the miracle or those that knew that the person before that miracle pressed that miracle about how to get a miracle and how and by whom that miracle came to be. Even the Pharisees, for the blind man, he, he had no idea who it was, but did they give up? They kept pressing. Who did it? I want to know who opened your eyes. Even uh, other healings that took place. The lame man by the pool of Siloam. Who healed you? I don't know who he was. He just said to take up my bed and walk. And I did. So I'm still walking. Amen. But everybody wants to know where's the miracles at. Amen. Do you want to know something? If you've got a bad problem and you go to 17 different doctors and none of them can help you, but you go to the 18th doctor and he gives you the prescription or whatever you want to call it that heals you and someone else comes along with that same problem, who are you going to send him to? The first 17? No, you're going to send him to the one where you found the healing whether it was miraculous, whether it was prescription, whether it was therapy, it doesn't matter. You're going to send him to the one that healed you. When I was a mechanic on the road for Sears, fixing things that people bought from Sears, they told us, you fix 10 things perfect, and those 10 customers will tell one other person that you took care of their problem and fixed it. But if you mess up one, make it worse than it was, they'll tell 10 other people not to call that guy. He can't fix nothing. Amen? So you have to be careful how you 
present, if you would, the healings and the, and the movings that take place. It's even more so in the spirit. Amen? All of us know where our healing comes from. That's why. What do we do? We testify on a daily basis, if you would, by living the life that God wants us to do where we found healing. Amen? Well, here in our context, no doubt there was a following of not only Jesus and his disciples at this dinner table, because everywhere Jesus went, when he was invited to eat, guess who else was there? The disciples had to come along. I don't know whether when he invited Jesus for dinner, Jesus said, well, what about my boys? Can they come too? There's 12 of them, and that'd make 13 plates you got to fill. Oh, bring them on. We got plenty of room. So they were probably there. It doesn't say. There was probably even other people of the crowd. Now, the reason I say that, because at the verse number 49, uh, and they that sat at the meal with him. Oh, so evidently there was other people there that had unbelief in their heart. So there was probably quite a crowd there, but the scripture that we read here basically only mentions two of them by who they are. It's Simon the Pharisee and this sinner woman. Amen? We don't even know the woman's name. But by studying other uh, by gospel narratives, if you want to say it that way, we might be able to put a name on it, but this particular portion of Scripture does not give her name out. So now let's go back and look at the story. Verse 36, we find that Simon the Pharisee had a desire to bring Jesus into his home. It was a common courtesy. They knew that Jesus basically didn't have a home. And he probably traveled from place to place. And they wanted to set a meal before him as the guest and to share that meal with that guest to try to have a conversation with him. Everybody wanted to talk to Jesus. You know what they were looking for? the desired information that they could get. And as a Pharisee, that information probably centered around, are you the Messiah or not? The Jews had been looking for God to send a Messiah into the world that throughout the Old Testament he had promised, and for about 400 years, nobody had heard from God. We call that the dark ages. All right? So the last time God spoke to a prophet in the Old Testament, and then the time that Jesus came, there's about a 400-year blank there. But the Pharisees were smart enough in knowing the Old Testament to be looking for a Messiah. And they wanted to get that desired information just in case Jesus might be that Messiah. He wanted to have, Simon wanted to have the inside track. Ah, he proved to me that he's the Messiah. Amen? And he made it very clear. And he thought, maybe if I give him a meal, he'll spill the beans. And then we'll know. Amen? Now, he does not come out and ask him that we can know about from this text 
if that was the case. Simon wanted to question him about it and press the issue, and that issue was on everybody's mind. After all, the prophecies of, that were leading up to uh, what was God trying to do and this gigantic spiritual move that he was working on through the Old Testament prophets, we need to turn the page and move on. And they knew it was coming. So Jesus went to the meal and sat down at meat. All right? That's what it says in verse 36. In verse 37, And behold, uh-oh, something unusual happened. Something that wasn't planned. Something that Simon didn't even know about. Amen. Something was going on unexpectedly. A woman of the city. Wonder what that plants a seed in your mind to think about when someone says, she's a woman of the city. Hmm. Then he backs it up with, which was a sinner. Whoa. Her reputation preceded her into this Pharisee's home that he had invited Jesus to dinner at. Now, he didn't want to embarrass himself, not especially in front of Jesus, just in case Jesus might be that Messiah. So he's not going to say, get that sinner woman out of here. No, we didn't do that, did he? Might have thought it, but he didn't act on it. Amen? Amen. He probably would have rather she not be there. But as it turns out, and as the religious re leader was refrained himself from causing a scene and asking her to leave, the scripture says that she knew Jesus sat at the meat in the Pharisee's house. It seems she didn't come to cause a scene. What did she bring with her when she came in? Did she bring a pail of water to wash Jesus' feet? Did she bring a towel? Only thing she brought was an alabaster box of ointment. Now, if you were walking down the street in the first century or in the days of Jesus Christ and you were carrying an alabaster box of ointment, what did that say to the crowd that saw you carrying that? That was very expensive. Other scriptures say when there was a box of alabaster uh, ointment used on Jesus with Mary and Martha when, after he raised Lazarus from the dead. Remember all that? Judas stood up. Now the one that was the thief, the one that betrayed him, the one that had his hand out for the 30 pieces of silver. He said, why wasn't that sold? And we could have gave that money to the poor. It would have been a blessing to everybody because it was very expensive to have an alabaster box of ointment. All right? So here she is. She comes to the house. She didn't want to stir up any trouble, if you would. And it, we know that because of other scriptures how expensive that would be. So when she came with that expensive box of ointment, that might have been the ticket for Simon to start thinking, what is this expensive ointment going to be used for? He may even had such an ego 
that he let her in thinking it was for him. She came to his house. Huh. Well, what a ego deflator that was when she poured it on Jesus' feet. Amen? Well, in verse 38, the scripture says she went right to Jesus. She passed up the Pharisee, passed up everybody else, even the disciples. She went straight to Jesus, stood there, the scripture says, weeping, crying. Amen? And she cried so hard. Amen. You know, when I'm watching news, I know Brother Steve said we shouldn't watch so much of it, and I agree with that. But when I watch the news, and I'll point it out to Bonnie, that there are people on there that's had sad things happen to their family members. You name it, it's happened. Car wreck, drowning, sickness, whatever. And they interview that person. You know what I look for? Tears. If they're slobbering and stammering and on with the microphone in their face, I don't even listen to what they're saying. I'm looking for tears. Because if there are tears running down their cheek, that means that in their heart, something's not right in this situation. Amen? Amen. Do you remember there was a, her name, I think their name was Smith. She put two babies in the car and drove them in a lake and told somebody, hijacked her and beat her up or whatever and stole her car and her kids and all. And I watched that thing and there was not a tear one in any of the interviews she gave. And I remember saying to my wife, she did it. She's up to something. Otherwise, you can't lose two little children like that and nothing come down your cheeks. Well, that was just me. But anyway, here she is weeping behind Jesus, and she's weeping so much that there's enough moisture there to wash his feet. That's quite a bit. Amen. She was probably dehydrated after she got done washing his feet. And she didn't bring a towel. What did she have to use to dry them? Her hair. Amen. In their day and time, in their culture, the women didn't cut their hair at all. Some of them grew it extremely long. And all she had to do is shake it around. It would come right around there, and she could use it for a towel. Amen. Now, some of us uh, would rather use a towel, and I understand that. And then she began to kiss his feet. What does that show? That shows that she's humble before him and gives him, if you would, the uh, honor of saying, I believe in you, or however she wanted to say it. And then she broke the alabaster box open. Now, it's just like we would think maybe a plaster Paris or some kind of clay that hardens when the material is put inside of it and you seal it over as clay or plaster Paris and it hardens but it keeps the ointment inside until you break that box open and then it all goes everywhere. Amen? Well, then she anointed Jesus' feet with that ointment. This act, no doubt, in Simon and the Pharisees' mind changed the entire conversation and atmosphere 
in the house. I don't even know if they ever got to the roast beef and the mashed potatoes after that or not. I don't know. Now, if I'd have been there, I still would have ate the stew. I'd have been, but I'm different than most people. Now, this woman, at this point, is now the center of attention. That's where Simon wanted to be, or that's where Simon wanted him and Jesus to be. Amen? After all, he had invited Jesus as his guest for the meal, and now someone else is the center of attention. One thing I've learned as a pastor, well, I've learned a few things, but one stands out to me when I read this. Don't try to read a person's mind to find out what they feel is important. Allow circumstances of their life to play out and they will reveal exactly what is important in their life. Amen? Amen. Did you get that? Amen. A person is not really truthful about themselves when they're getting all the pats on the back. Everybody's praising them to the hilt. You're the greatest ever, right? But when someone else is being acknowledged and it's supposed to be their party, then the knives come out. Be careful. You might take one in the back when you ain't looking. Amen. Well, Simon was aware of that. He knew it was his party and someone else is getting the credit. He knew the knives would soon be coming out if he didn't do something. Want to know what he did in verse 39? Well, the scripture in verse 39 says, Now the Pharisee that had bid him saw it, he spake within himself. You know what I call that? Grumbling. You ever been around somebody that was disappointed? That's what I call grumbling. Now, I've exaggerated a little bit, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. They may not have made even an audible sound that you could hear, but he spake within himself. He was upset. Sometimes I can tell when people were upset by the expression on their face or other actions they do with their body. Amen. Might even be with their wallet. Woo! Shouldn't have said that one, should I? You can tell when somebody's not happy. Amen? Well, even though he said it to himself, may not have, nobody else in the house heard a sound from him. Jesus heard it loud and clear. Jesus knew exactly what Simon was thinking. Here she is. This sinner woman taking over my party. She's getting all the attention and I'm paying for it. Huh? Oh yeah. So I want you to know, you need to be careful what you say to yourself because Jesus is listening. Amen? Now Simon thought, man, I was about to ask Jesus about his prophetic ministry, 
But if he was a prophet, he would know about this woman. She's a sinner. And she's putting his hands on his feet, washing his feet. And she's putting on this show. And that is the only act to cover up all the things she had done in the past. That's what Simon thought. After all, remember, this woman was considered a sinner in Simon's vocabulary. I guess he thought Jesus should have withdrawn his feet. Amen. He could have pulled his feet and spun around, took his feet away from her where she couldn't touch him. Right? He, Jesus could have done that, couldn't he? What did he do? Amen. She started crying on his feet. Did he move them? When they became saturated, did he do anything about it? When she dried them, probably the only thing he said was thank you. Amen. He didn't pull his feet away. Then she began to kiss him. Kissed his feet. Amen. It's hard enough for me to get a crowd together to wash feet, let alone kiss them. Then she anointed them with an expensive perfume. Amen. Angel dust of some kind. I don't know. What do you, what do you call yours? Angel something. Perfume. Heavenly angel. Yeah. I don't know. That's what she may have used on his feet. I don't know. But he didn't withdraw his feet. I do know that. Amen. All right. Again, when this happens, the Pharisee attitude came out of Simon. Just a thought here. How would this Pharisee reacted if this woman would have had done this service to Simon's feet? what would have happened? Well, we don't know because she didn't do it to Simon. She did it to Jesus. But all of us can visualize the change because we probably have faced similar situations in our lives. How did we respond when someone on the job got a raise or a promotion that we thought we should have got? Or you've seen other people, how they res responded when you got the raise that they thought they deserved. Huh. I learned that lesson way back years ago when I was a brand new Christian. Amen. I worked for John Deere, and I moved from trainee to service manager in just a few months. And all the other guys that worked there thought they should have been the service manager. They thought that position was theirs. And they didn't like it when I got promoted past them. Amen. It made for a difficult situation to get along on the job after that. Amen. In verse 40, it says, For Jesus, this is just another teaching moment. Jesus was always looking for a teaching time 
in what's going on. But he has to teach Simon first in this teaching moment. Simon, I've got a question for you. Simon says, yeah, Jesus, what's your question? Let me help you out. I'm pretty smart. You ask me anything you want, I'll tell you how it is. That was his attitude. But he said, I want to give you a parable. That's only two verses long. 41 and 42 are par is a parable. You know what a parable is? A story that depicts some kind of spiritual guidance in it that'll help us when we're in these situations. Usually, almost all the time, not 100%, but usually the last line of that parable tells you the point Jesus wants to make. So as we look at that, we see this. He said, it's about two people, Simon. Yeah. And both of them took out loans. One of them owed 500 pence. The other owed 50 pence. Now, pence in the first century or in Jesus' day was a representation of a day's wage. Okay? So for these people to pay these back, it would have took the, even the smaller loan 50 days of working to pay it back. The other one would have took 500 days of working. Amen. Now, I don't know how you relate to that, but, um, and, but today um, the 50 pence is probably about the cost of a gallon of gas. Amen. I went the other day, Bonnie and I, I like to take her out a lot to eat. You know why? She needs a break from me, from the kitchen, from doing dishes, and from all the mess of going to the grocery and putting the meal together. So we went to La Rosa's. Amen? Just up the street. Got a gift card. No problem. Paid for the, the meal that we had. And they had a waitress that waited on us had a trainee that she was training how to be a La Rosa's waitress. So there was two girls came to the table, right? And they came and actually they both had their pads out as we ordered, they both wrote it down. They both went to the computer and compared notes and made sure she did it right, put it in the computer so they ordered. It was right. Who are you laughing at, Bonnie? She knows where I'm going. Well, we finished eating. I give them the gift card. They went over, whatever they do, and paid for it, gave me a receipt, showed me how much I've still got on my gift card, and I gave both of them a $5 tip. It shocked them. You know what I told them? I said, now, if you take that $5 tip, I want each one of you to have one, and if you don't tell Biden about it, you can almost buy a gallon of gas. Oh, well. Anyway, if the 50 pence, the 500 pence, we could use the, take out the word pence and put in millions, billions, and even trillions nowadays to know that they had a loan they needed to pay back. So when these debtors couldn't pay it back, the creditor, frankly, without even question, it says, seemingly, absolutely forgave the debt 
or the loan that they both have. They just canceled that loan straight out. Huh, how about that? Well, they probably thought, if you want to make sense out of why he did it, that was probably better than a foreclosure, going through all that legal stuff, or it was probably better than having to face a uh, bankruptcy. So it might have been better just to cancel the debt and call debt. We don't know how big the loan was to start with and how many years they'd been paying on it. And probably with interest, the guy probably had get, gotten back enough money that he could afford to cancel this loan. We don't know that, but we can just visualize that in our minds. Now remember, the last line of a parable usually is the main teaching point. And so Simon uh, says here in this particular parable in verse number 42, and Jesus tells him, therefore, Simon, therefore, what's that mean? Based on the parable I just told you. Therefore means, right? Keep it in context. You know, that's a study word. Right? All right, so we all know where we're at. Which of them will love him the most? Okay, Simon. Ball's in your court. Well, verse 30, or verse 43, Simon answers, mm, gee, I really don't know which one would love him. No, he knew exactly. But I'd think it'd be the one that had the biggest debt. And Jesus said, way to go, you're right. Amen. You got it. Then we get to verse 44, and he turns to the woman for the second part of the teaching opportunity and says to Simon, look what she's just done. Can you believe that? When I came into your house, you didn't even offer me water to wash my feet. That's a common courtesy. Everybody had a pail of water and a basin by the door to wash their feet of those that were traveling. Amen. You didn't even extend me that courtesy of some water and maybe a towel. But she washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her, with her hair. Amen. You didn't even give me a kiss. Now, you have to understand, I don't want you to think crazy because in the 21st century, kiss doesn't mean the same thing it meant in the first century. But it was a common courtesy. Not to kiss on the mouth, not to swallow tongue or nothing, but just to give a kiss on the cheek was a common courtesy. It would be like us fist bumping or shaking hands. That was a courtesy in those days. They would hug and, meh, they probably just in midair. But nonetheless, in the first century, especially for one Jew to another. Huh? That's just common courtesy. Amen? Give them a kiss. Now, we know it because of other scriptures. Paul said to give everybody there a common courtesy of a holy kiss and let them know I'm thinking about them. But you didn't kiss me. She hasn't quit kissing my feet since I got here, basically. Amen? You didn't even offer me any ointment for my skin, for my head, or for anything. Why would they do offer ointment? It's probably olive oil. You know why? Been out in the hot sun. 
parched, your skin's dry. Wouldn't it be nice just to have a little bit of olive oil just to smear on your forehead so you don't get sunburn or a relief from the sun? You didn't give me even that. And yet, she opened this expensive alabaster box and poured out her ointment on my feet. Amen? Anybody could have given you a little bit of olive oil. That's cheap stuff. She went the extra mile and put ointment, or if you would, the alabaster ointment on my feet. Then we get to verse number 47. Amen? Wherefore? Oh, we already know what that is. That goes along with therefore. Based on what I just said, Simon. Wherefore, I say unto you. You better sit down, Simon. Here it comes. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Because, the word for means because. Because she loved much. But, the other side of the coin is, to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. That's easy to understand, isn't it? Especially when I apply the study words and break it down so that it, we can understand what's going on here. Her sins, boy, did she have a lot of them. Especially in the minds and the eyes of the Pharisees. But now, they're forgiven. Just like the debtor that was forgiven of his big debt. Consequently, she's going to love much more because she was forgiven of much more based on the parable that Jesus gave to Simon. But to whom little was forgiven, Simon, that person loves little. He probably didn't even like his dinner after that. Didn't even enjoy the great dinner that was set on the table in front of him because his heart wasn't right before Christ. So Jesus turns his, to his attention to that woman and says, Thy sins are forgiven. Wow. Do you think that was on her mind when she went to Simon's house? I need to get forgiveness for my sins. So now Simon and the Pharisees questioned, have questions about Jesus being the Messiah now is answered. We would say, yes, he answered him. Amen. Because of what he did in response to this woman. But according to verse number 49, many in the house still had doubts and said to themselves, not out loud, said to themselves, who does he think he is? He must think he's God or something. Because only God can forgive sins. And while the house guests were tripping over themselves, Jesus tells the woman in verse 50, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. What did she come for? She was loaded down with sin. There ain't no peace in being loaded down with sin. Don't you remember before you got saved where the peace was? 
and what you were carrying everywhere, that load of sin will weight you down. Amen. You remember the movie Pilgrim's Progress or the book? When Christian got saved, what happened to all that stuff he was carrying on his back that was called sin? It fell off and rolled down the hill, never to be carried again. Amen? Well, now it's time for the title of the message. Get what you came for. Is Jesus in the house this morning? Do you have any doubts? Do you have any debts? Spiritually speaking? Do you need to ask for the debt of sin to be forgiven in your life? Get what you came for. You may not have realized what some of your spiritual needs were before you walked into the house of God today. But if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you through this parable or through this story and the points that Jesus made to Simon and this woman, get that cleared out of your heart and mind. Amen. Get clear of that debt. Get what you came for. Amen? And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it. Let us